Sometimes we hear stories about Jewish luminaries that sound unbelievable in the literal sense. At the very least, they strike us as reflecting a level of self-mastery well beyond what we could envision attaining in our own lives. Consider the following vignette. A great Musser Jewish ethical personality was speaking with a contemporary when suddenly he walked away, filled a cup of water, brought it to his lips, and then set it down without drinking. Perplexed, his friend asked what he possibly could be doing. Had he gone mad? The rabbi responded that he had been thinking he might be thirsty, but then changed his mind and decided he did not need a drink. However, he was worried that perhaps this overriding decision was simply a function of laziness, not of his true feelings. So, he got up, went to fill the water, and only then decided conclusively that he did not really desire it. While such a story might sound excessive, it reveals a refinement of character and a self-awareness that at least we can appreciate as remarkable. And on our own level, we can consider incorporating its essential message. As the Jews traveled through the desert, each tribe was governed by a nasi, or a prince. This week we read about the gifts that they made upon the inauguration of the Mishkan, or tabernacle. And the princes brought the Shoham stones and the Miluim stones for the ephod and the Choshen. On the spot, Rashi references a teaching of the earlier sages as to why they donated only now, at the time of inauguration of the altar, and not earlier, during the actual construction of the tabernacle. Apparently, their rationale was that they would first allow the rest of the nation to participate in the fundraising campaign, and then they would contribute whatever items remained. For this choice, they were rebuked. One of the Yud letters in the word Nisim, princes, was absented, indicating their incomplete participation, seemingly born of laziness. They should have volunteered first. Having fundraised for many years, I find the Torah's censure of the Nisim confounding. A prospect who tells me to come back towards the end of a campaign and that they will cover any remaining deficit sounds like the definition of a dream donor. Rabbi Simcha Zissel Brody, also known as the Altar of Kelm among the leaders of the Musser ethical development movement in the 19th century, wonders similarly why their seemingly laudable attitude was condemned. He explained that we must perpetually examine our deeper motives in any situation. What on the surface might appear to be a praiseworthy approach in fact, it might conceal unpleasant motives. The Torah understood that these Nisim had delayed in contributing not out of calculated strategy, but out of sloth. The distinction between the two was imperceptible, detectable only by God and the Nisim themselves. As we near the holiday of Pesach in just over two weeks, we can recall the symbolic reference to laziness that is central to this holiday. Chametz, forbidden leavened products, and matzah, may contain identical ingredients, flour and water. The only difference between them is time. One moment an item may be considered unleavened and permitted for consumption, and yet by waiting just a bit longer, it can now convey the most serious violation. The difference between laziness and alacrity can be so subtle. The Hebrew words chametz and matzah even contain the exact same letters, with the exception of a chet and chametz, as opposed to a hay in matzah. And these two letters themselves are nearly identical, distinguished only by a bit of extra ink closing off the hay and transforming it into a chet. Precisely because the line between lethargy and zeal is so narrow, we can easily fool or mislead ourselves, hence the rabbi's unusual efforts 
in the story above. I believe that the challenge of lethargy and self-delusion has been exacerbated greatly during COVID. Activities that once were routine have become fraught with second and third guessing. Is it really worth heading out to that event or even to synagogue? I'll have to get dressed fully. No PJs in shul. Mask up and take other precautions. Nowadays, with many events, I can even zoom in. It demands a great deal of introspection to recognize when my choices reflect efficiency or safety and when COVID might simply function as a fig leaf for my indolence. Even outside of COVID, I encounter this dilemma all the time. I might wonder, should I exercise now? Perhaps I'm too tired or too full or will become too sweaty before my next meeting. In such cases, I have sometimes found it helpful to change into workout clothes and even do just a single push-up or two, in that way sidestepping the specter of sluggishness and rationalization. My colleague Rabbi Moshe Schoenbrunn shared with me that when he was studying in yeshiva, a teacher named Rabbi Weissman instituted a policy along similar lines. Officially, the students were expected to join the official prayers in the yeshiva and not to attend other local synagogues where services began at a later time. However, in the event that someone would oversleep, he instructed them to actually walk to the other neighborhood shul and then turn around without praying and return to the yeshiva to do so privately. This admittedly unusual procedure would preclude laziness from setting in while still upholding the school's prayer policy. Some of these strategies might sound extreme or downright bizarre. I intend them not prescriptively, but as prompts to consider our deep inner motives. Perhaps we can better identify when slothfulness is masquerading as sophisticated self-validation. With such an awareness, we can transcend our baser blockages and accomplish what otherwise seems beyond our grasp. Shabbat Shalom.